episode 23 of Transistor for November 18th, 2012, where topics include trans journey, travel, is it safe or is it not, translation, the art of the past, clothes, and transitions, body shaping. There's many different ways of doing that, and you'll have fun listening to these ones. Transonic, my life as a dominatrix, role play. You know, customs officials, transformers, speculums. Yeah, you've heard about those, but they're not just for women. They're for the men, too. And transmissions, news from around the world, and finally transcriptions with a question from Kim. Transistor with your host, Velvet Steel. Transistor, the show about trans folks. For folks like you who want to know, who want to learn, who want to listen, and hopefully laugh. Trans Journey. Yes. It's a journey, and that includes travel. Where are you going to? Where are you coming from? What you're doing? How are you getting there? Are you going to do it safely? Are you not going to do it safely? Do you have the right documentation? Well, I can tell you that in my trips and in my travels, that traveling wasn't always the necessary easy thing to do, and it was, you know, something that you had to do when you had the right jet. You well, you had the right documentation, and I'm talking about that little book that we all travel around with here as Canadians and everybody else around the world too, called your passport. Well, um, I know for a fact that when I was traveling throughout the world and still do travel throughout the world, that my picture on my passport never necessarily always corresponded with what was being well printed in my passport or written documentation, male, female, that lovely capital M and that little capital F, what was going on and who was it and what was I all about and things like that. And there were many times when I actually got to the border crossing at different countries. And one of those places happened to be Germany. And, and who knew that going into Germany was going to be so... Well, questionable, let's put it that way. When I was going there, um, I presented my passport, and this is just one example of the stuff that I had gone through when I was crossing borders. They looked at my passport, they looked at the written documentation, the, the picture, they looked at me, and there I was. And I was there for about 10 to 15 minutes longer than what the rest of the flight had gone through. Everybody else on that flight had already cleared customs, and there I was standing there, and it took them a long time to stamp that passport. And, you know, when they were scanning my passport underneath that lovely light reader there that was, well, that every customs official has when you're crossing borders, there's information on it that you don't necessarily know what's on there. And I want to know what's on there. Why are we not privy to that information? What is it that's on there? Does it talk about everything that I've gone through? Does it talk about the people I've slept with? Does it talk about the surgeries that I've had? Does it talk about the possible, um, how should I say, police altercations that I've had, of which, I've, you know, I've had none? Um, does it talk about my assaults? Does it talk about what my political views are now? all this other different things are they going to let me into the country based on that well 
I could clearly tell that it wasn't based on that. So, yeah, there I was, finally waiting for that long period of time to get into the country of Germany and go have a good time in Hamburg. Well, up to this point, I had to get everything all organized and stuff like that. So even prior to my surgery in England, I had to go through documentation changing at that point, and that included my name change. And that was a fairly costly procedure that I didn't expect it to be as much money as it was, but it was. It cost me probably about $600 just to do. Now it's different now, but um, probably cost you nothing. I had to document my name change. I had to print it in the newspapers, government and social. It was crazy. I didn't even know that there was a separate newspaper, by the way, for the government, but lo and behold, there is here in Canada. So um, that had to be printed there. But uh, so once I had that done, I had to go down to the passport office, get all my name changed and shit done down there too. And here I thought, okay, well, I need to let you people know that, well, I'm going over there for gender reassignment surgery. So I did. You know what they told me? Well, you're going to be traveling back at the risk of knowing that your documentation is false okay, is there not an amendment we can put into my passport so that when I do come back from the country where I'm going to get this surgery done that they'll know in case there is a problem when they're going to be pulling my pants on and having a little bit of a peeky-poo? Nope, there wasn't. So in actual retrospect, I traveled back from England illegally with an illegal passport, and the Canadian government basically supported that. It was pretty crazy. You know, they do put you with a lot of the scrutiny at the, uh, the customs officials and government officials and all these other different people to the point where it's so frustrating. Here I am, a Canadian citizen, and I'm being told this, and I'm doing all these different things. And, um, you know, I, I certainly hope it's a lot different now, and I certainly, I kind of know that it is different because I listen to a lot of other individuals who are traveling into the States that are traveling outside of the country, and they're going different places, and they are very upfront about it, in, as I was, and they never get this kind of hassle anymore. And it makes me wonder, well, why is that? What's that all about, you know? And uh, I'm hoping that they kind of get the same treatment when they travel to any country. Translation. The art of the past. Clothes. It's not that easy. You think that it's easy. It's not. Everybody thinks that they can go to the same stores, buy the same clothes, and they can give their girl size or their boy size when they're buying something. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. Trust me, when you're someone of a larger stature and a larger frame, and as I like to use the term Amazon, um... You have a different torso length. You have a different crotch strap. You have all these different things going on. And one of the things that I realized as well is like a size 8 is not a size 8 for everybody. And um, and for myself as well, having had breast augmentation and still having them growing nowadays, my, well, my lower half of my body is actually a size 8. My upper half happens to be a size 12, 14, depending on the manufacturer's sizing. And not everything is the same. And let me tell you, size zero, what the fuck is that? Anybody who's a size zero, no, I don't buy it. I don't believe in it. And I think it's nuts and I think it's crazy. But, uh, you know, you got to figure out what's going to work for you. And trust me, men have a belly, generally have a larger, wider sized belly. Their waist is 
well, lower. Um, a woman's waist is, well, higher. It's higher than the belly button. And the, the whole idea of going in and getting these low-rise pants, I mean, that never really appealed to me as a fashion sense anyway. But, um, you know, here's an example. So I remember going to this place here in Vancouver called Tall Crest, and they deal with taller-sized women's clothes and things like that. And there I was wanting a pair of low-rise pants. And I have a flat tummy, and I've got a good waist, and my but my waist happens to be higher. It happens to be in the appropriate spot where it is above the belly button. Anyway, here I am getting these pants, and I'm trying these pants on. They fit my legs awesome. They were going on perfect. I was loving the way they were fitting. They fit over my ass excellent. And uh, when it got to the front, well, basically from the top of my pussy to about two inches up was where the zipper finished. Um... Had I had pubic hair, you would be seeing my pubes poking out over the top of those things. And uh, here this lovely sales girl was telling me, oh, they're all the latest. They're going to be awesome. They're going to fit you so great. And I felt like saying to her, who the fuck are you kidding, girl? These aren't going to look good on me or anybody else for that matter. And a two-inch zipper, well, how easily accessible is that to get inside your pants and everything else as far as that goes? Well, it turns out that the reason that they were like this is because my hips are have a different ratio. They have a different depth. And uh, had I had the different kinds of hips and the proper butt placement, not saggy white girl butt and all these other different things, these pants would have fit out perfectly fine. Hey, I'm not talking to... Um, you know, going in and getting, you know, a moo-moo to cover my whole body over because I've got a pretty nice body. At least I like to think so. So I want to show it off a bit and I want to look good. And uh, trust me, putting on these pants really made a different perspective. That's kind of why I've stuck to a lot of stretchy things. And I love shopping at, well, stores like New World Designs in Gastown here and going over and getting stuff from Stop Staring Clothes because it's made with a bit of a stretch so it's a little bit more forgiving on my body and it looks good, it looks hot, it looks sexy and no, I'm not going to go into Valley Village and find the first floral print dress and throw that on and think I'm going to be the most ultimate in femininity because no, that's not what's going to happen and a lot of people do go in there and they do shop that way and they you know, think that, oh my God, it's got a floral print on it. I'm going to be ultimate and feminine and I'm going to be so gorgeous and so sexy. Well, without realizing that, you still got to get up in the morning and shit, shower and shave. That's what they all do and that's what they're all about. And as much as I'm a fan of online shopping too, you can never be guaranteed that your sizing is going to be good. Well, there is a few places that are actually pretty good and that one of those happens to be Victoria's Secret. I love shopping for shoes there because I know that the shoe sizing is going to be to what I need and they generally have shoe length that is long enough to accommodate my foot and um, shoes that are sort of wide enough that are actually going to make do with your wide foot if you do have a wide foot but you know what there's nothing to account for trying it on firsthand and seeing what it looks like and then from there if you know it works then look for it elsewhere and that includes ebay but don't go and get the discount clothes and think that's going to look good because it's got a floral print pattern on it. Don't go and think that you're going to try something in there because you see a vision in the mirror. And uh, realistically, when you're trying something on in the store, it's not what it's going to be. Be realistic about your clothes. Look good, feel good, and make sure they fit in all the right areas. If they don't, then don't buy it. <laughs> at the doctor's office, at the gym, wherever you want to go. Body shaping, 
we all ask about it. We are all curious about it. What is it you say? Well, there's many different things I can say in terms of my definition that, that include body shaping. And that's whether you're wearing a corset, a girdle, hitting the gym and working yourself out, whether you're getting cosmetic procedures where you're getting liposuction sucked out or you're getting fat put in, sucked out of your ass, put into here, put into there, having ribs taken out, all these other different things. Well, one of the things that I thought was one of the easiest things, and it actually does work, is EMS. The use of pads, electrical muscle stimulation pads. And you go and get those things and you can get them, well, if you want to spend the money on getting your own kit for the house. These kits run anywhere from $300 up to $600 and they do work, okay? I'm going to stress that again, they do work. Well, get one. Make sure that it's, uh, I would suggest plug-in, not battery power, because you're going to use that battery power pretty damn quickly. Plug it in, yes. Oil yourself up, not with oil, but with water-based lube. And then put those pads on and make sure those pads are attached to those electrodes and make sure they're Velcroed on and they're in place positioned perfectly because you want them right on the muscles you want to affect. Then turn that baby on and watch it contract because it does contract. It works really good. Um, (laughs) It can work too good to the point where you have it turned up so high that you get into muscle spasms and you contract so bad that you find yourself doubling over in pain or your muscles are actually pulling so tight that they're actually making you double over. Not necessarily in pain, but double over. And what they do is they shape your waist. They can shape your hips. They can tighten your ass. They can even shape your thighs. They are amazing, these things, body shaping with the EMS machine. And for those of you who are skeptic, well, there still exists a few of those places out there where you can actually go to an EMS salon and uh, they will actually, well, it's not called EMS anymore these days. There's all these new names that crop up on the market for all these different things. But electro-muscle stimulation is basically what you have to look for. And body shaping using electrical current. Try it. Check it out. And you'll know that if it's not working right because it's burning, you haven't got a good connection going on, or if your muscles aren't contracting the way that they should be, or you're not feeling anything happening. But generally, you're going to feel something happen the minute you've got that baby on. And they will even tighten up the muscles around their ribs. They'll even tighten them in so that you can actually get more of a shape around their ribs. And I know a lot of, well, post-operative as well as pre-operative, female to male and male to female transsexuals who use these things to build up the body better. Because as genetics have proven as we are born, we are given certain things that are in our favor and maybe against our favor to help our bodies develop in a certain way. And those little lovely devices that you can now buy for home rather than going and getting the $3,000 one that you see at these salons getting done all the time. You can, like I said, you can spend three to $600 for one at the home. It'll work. It'll be great. It'll be fun. And you're going to look and feel fabulous. supersonic in this whole aspect in this whole realm but um maybe i'm not so much other people but i think i am role play role play is something fun what is that you're asking well 
you assume the identity of somebody else or something else or another kind of character. And when I say something else, I'm saying you could be an inanimate object. You could be a chair and have somebody sitting on you and suddenly that chair is doing all kinds of nasty, dirty things. But we'll talk about that at another date. But anyway, one of the ones that I always like to play was the customs official. You know, this is kind of hot on the heels of the whole idea of my travel and my trips abroad. I always thought they were assholes, but there was something that I really liked about them when they were wearing those uniforms. Those uniforms were hot, they were sexy, they were gorgeous, and they were always well put together and clean and crisp. And no matter who put those things on, they could be as ugly as hell as I always thought, or they could be as chiseled and beautiful, really epitomizing the country that I was going to, that I just want to crawl behind that glass and do something with them. But alas, I never did. So anyway, when I came across a, an official Canada Customs uniform that I was able to get myself, of course, they have to be deregulated, which means that some of the badges have to be taken off. I jumped at the chance to get that, and it was taken out of commission because, well, it was an old uniform, and I wanted that. I wanted that so bad I could taste it. A nice, hardcore, crisp, clean-pressed pant suit with a matching jacket and wool. Oh, it was made of the best wool. And there I was putting it on. It was so amazing. It even had that smell of wool. I could smell the wool. I loved it. So when I knew that I had a client coming on, I would put that baby on. And of course, interrogation and the visit into my country always started at the door. There it was, that gentle knock at the door. Hello, who is it? Hi, it's so-and-so. I'd open the door. Come on in. Hurry up, get in. The door would gently close. And there it was closed, and I'd be looking them straight in the face, eye-to-eye, eye-to-eye contact, talking, well, welcome to my country. Welcome to the realm of velvet steel. I hope you're going to have a good stay while you're here. Now, can I ask, are you here for business or pleasure? Whatever they would reply, I'd always fuck them over anyway. didn't matter. I couldn't care less if they were there for business or pleasure. And of course, there was always a business doing pleasure with you. I'm sure we've all heard that. Ha. So, there I was grabbing them by the jaw, grabbing them by the chin, looking at them and telling them, well, I understand that there's something you're coming into this country with illegally, and I have the documentation to prove it. We have the heads up on you, and you need to get in here right now, and we're going to talk about this. And from there, we go into my place. We go into my interrogation chair, my antique dental chair, and I would sit them down, and I would strap them in. Well, not quite yet, but... I wouldn't wait to get that going, so I would sort of do it around the ankles and just let them sit there, let them feel those ankle shackles draped around their ankles in their shoes. And as I was doing this, I was also turning on my bright interrogation light that I would bring down right into their face and ask them why they were coming here. I wanted the utter, utmost truth as I leaned in close, my breasts heaving into their face, and they could see that I was slowly unbuttoning my jacket because I was getting hot, and my white, crisp shirt underneath them, my nice tie, my nice dark blue tie that was actually over the breasts because they were already done, and you could see the line on my cleavage right in your face. I bet you can see it now, can't you? Anyway, slowly I would breathe in breathe out, expand my chest and collapse my chest, looking in that face ever so intently, wondering what the 
fuck it was you were doing here in my country and getting it out of you and asking as I had both my hands on your wrists while I'm leaning into you closer, pulling you closer to me, asking you what it was that you were doing here. And you were lying to me all the time, weren't you? I could tell you were lying. I could see it in your eyes. I could see the sweat beating up on your forehead. I could see your eyes getting bigger and I could hear your breath starting to breathe heavier. You were lying to me, you motherfucker. But I wasn't going to tell you that. And so leaning in closer and putting my hands tightly around your wrist, even so tightly, I brought my knee up and put it on your thigh. I kept your thigh right in place with my knee, pressing harder into that dental chair, my dental chair disguised as an interrogation chair at the customs official's office. And I want to know why you were there, and slowly my knee slid in between your thighs, pushing your knees apart, spreading your thighs wider. And as my knee got closer up your thighs, I could feel it on your heart bulging cock. You were hard. You were turned on by this, weren't you? You piece of shit. You wanted to know why I was getting there and why my knee was getting so close. Well, it was to see exactly what you thought of this and how serious you were about telling me the truth you're coming into my country because I knew you were lying, you crap ass motherfucker. You were lying and I wasn't going to tell you any of those other things. I just want to know exactly what the truth was. Slowly, I started to rub my knee across your crotch, your bulging crotch, because I could tell that you were there and you were getting more and more excited by this interrogation because you were just there mind-fucking with me, aren't you? You just want to know exactly how you can get into my country without actually having to do a damn thing. Well, that's not going to work this way. Slowly, I would slide my hands off your wrist, down your ribcage, down to your crotch, unbutton that buckle, pull open that zipper and reveal that hard cock. And I knew it was always so hard because I could feel it under my knee. And slowly I would bring myself back up and look you straight in the eye and say, what the fuck is that? Put your hands on that and get it hard. I want to see you work that piece of shit for me. Jerk your cock, you motherfucker. And I want to show you exactly what we don't tolerate here in Canada. Now do it. Do it. Slowly, but ever effortlessly, I would always see you go down, reach for that cock, jerk it, pull it up tighter pull it up around yourself and you'd slowly jerk it for me, wouldn't you? You would always jerk it. Everyone always did. They would work that cock into a frenzy and slowly but surely, fully clothed with their shirt slightly buttoned open so I could see their belly and their nice pubes and their nice pelvic region working that cock as I kept my knee on the one knee now back off that crotch and my hand on the one side and now putting my hand slowly onto your wrist Ooh, now give me that wrist because I don't want you touching yourself anymore. Did I say stop? Well, what, you can't do that anymore? Okay, get back on it and do it. Work it into a frenzy. There it is. I see it. I see it building. I see it coming. Oh, breathing heavily as I pull that tie around to the back of my shoulders so you can see my heaving breasts as you're working yourself in my Canada Customs uniform. Working it, working it, working it. Do it. Yeah, let me see what you're made of. Come on, you lying motherfucker, because you're not going to tell me the truth. That's it. Do it. You think you're going to get in this country? Oh, guess again. Do it. And there would be that lovely glistening whiteness spreading itself wide and thick all over your pants. And I would stand back and I'd look at you and I'd throw a rag at you and I would tell you to clean up. Now get the fuck out of my country because you're not coming in, you lying sack of shit.
performers, speculators. They're not just for the women, they're for the men too. And trust me, you can get these things in many shapes and sizes and made out of several different things. The ones that I'm familiar with happen to be plastic. And of course, there's also the metal ones as well. Well, I do have a few metal ones in my own kit bag and they come in different sizes because not every orifice is the same. And for those of you who like an internal examination, as is required sometimes by Canada Customs officials, I was used to giving those on a regular basis. Slowly get up on your knees put that ass in the air well you're going to feel a little pressure now because since you're not going to come clean with me I'm going to make sure that everything is clean you have nothing hidden in that backside. I'm going to slip this slowly in there after I've sufficiently looped it up and no I'm not going to heat up my metal speculum I'm going to put it inside you cold stone cold right in deep Ooh, can you feel that going in there? Now, once it's in there, well, I think it's time to open it up. On either side of that, we've got our little dials. We've also got our clamp that we can open it up, open it up, open it up, and lock it into place. And that water-based lube is starting to slowly ooze down the crack of your ass now that it's staying wide open. And I can see that you're packing nothing. You weren't lying. You said that you were coming into this country perfectly, perfectly legally. And, well, now I believe you. So, what are you going to do? Well, I know you want one. And if you slowly go and check on the internet and take your time, because there's lots of places that will sell you good ones and bad ones. One of the places I like to go is medicaltoys.com. You should go and have a look at those speculums, because trust me, that's something that I think everybody should have in their kit bag. They are fun, they are exciting, and they'll spread you wide open. News from around the world. Some good, some not so bad. But I'm going to start off with some fun stuff for you. Conservative group. Ooh, conservative group slams university for trans photo exhibit. This one kind of bugs me, but anyway, listen up. A student group is criticizing University of Minnesota Duluth for exhibiting photos of Lauren Cameron's transformation from female to male. And this one comes to us from John Paul Zapata. A Minnesota university has sparked criticism for showing images of a transsexual's change from woman to man. Campusreform.org is targeting U of M Duluth for showing self-portraits by transsexual. An interview with foxnews.com activist Lauren Rex Cameron in a show September the 28th. The interview with foxnews.com campus reform spokesman Josiah Ryan said UMD's administration has spent thousands of dollars in public resources here to support a radical and delusive or divisive agenda. Campusreform.org obtained emails from campus officials confirming that Cameron is being paid a flat fee of $4,000, which includes his speaker fee and all expenses. Ryan also said white president, while President Lendley Black's administration's sponsorship of this sexually explicit presentation may satisfy a small minority on campus. It will surely offend many more students, alumni, and donors. Bullshit. Open your eyes, people. According to the campusreform.org website, UMD, officials refuse to comment on how their presentation is educational to the student body or provide further details on the event. According to a press release from UMD, the event is sponsored by student organization UMD Queer Allied Student Union. 
California-based Cameron, who began his transition from female to male in 1987, began documenting his own and others' transformations processes in 1993. His 96th book, Body Alchemy, Transsexual Portraits, will serve as the material for UMD's upcoming exhibition. Uh, Cameron says on his website at www.laurencameron.com regarding his work, what was initially a crude documentation of my own personal journey quickly evolved into an impassioned mission. Impulsively, I began to photograph other transsexuals that I knew, feeling compelled to make changes and images of their emotional, physical triumphs. Now, trust me, I've seen this book. I actually have this book in my possession, and it's amazing. And why wouldn't someone want to document what they're all about? We read biographies of people all over the place all the time. And to be honest with you, I don't see the problem. I don't see a problem with this whatsoever. It's beautiful. It's tasteful. It's certainly not vulgar. And for those of you who cannot open your eyes, well, hopefully you'll be doing it by going to Lauren Cameron's website and checking it out. UN congratulates Nepal for recognizing third gender. This is a bit more of a happy, positive note. Belated letter from the UN congratulates the government of Nepal for allowing citizens to describe their gender as other on official documents. And this is a news article that comes to us from Anna Leach. A Nepalese LGBT rights activist has received congratulations from the UN about his efforts towards third gender recognition in the Himalayan nation. In May, the Nepalese government agreed to recognize a third gender on ID cards after a campaign by Sunil Babu Pant. The late congratulations letter from the Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights, OHCHR, at the UN reads, It has taken a long time to open people's minds to the idea that not all humanity can be fitted neatly into a binary definition of gender. Refusing to reflect in official documents the preferred gender of those who do not identify as male or female, or whose own sense of gender does not correspond with the sex assigned to them at birth, has succeeded only in marginalizing their individual's concerns and exposed them to violence and discrimination. The progression in Nepal follows similar developments in Australia, New Zealand, India, and Pakistan. The letter written on behalf of High Commissioner Nevin Themen Pillay says... The letter ends with personal congratulations for Pant and his fellow activists, concluding, It is a significant victory not only for the transgender and interest community in Nepal by, by and for the broader human rights movement, Pant commented. This is fantastic that OHCHR has taken this matter up seriously. Hope other governments recognize their citizens who do not identify themselves as male or female and embassies, immigration, and border security systems will respect other genders when they travel. The activist added that he hoped the government would not only delay the issuing of ID cards with another option under gender. I think that's really great, and that sort of follows on what we've been talking about already in terms of travel. Because trust me, it was difficult for me traveling when I was uh, going through all these different customs officials. And, you know, embarrassing and leaves us a humiliating. Finally, Singapore bus driver disciplined after gay slur. Bus driver disciplined for ridiculing trans women in Singapore. And this also comes to us from Anna Leach. The employers of a bus driver who verbally abused a Singaporean trans woman have agreed to formally discipline him. Leona Lowe complained to the bus company SBS Transit after one of their drivers shouted, Ah, Kua, a slur for the effeminate men or trans woman, and adopted a woman's gait as he sashayed past me, Lowe described on her blog. When Fred Friday, 
an Asian LGBT website contacted SBS Transit. A spokesman said the bus driver is deeply apologetic and we will be taking disciplinary action against him. The spokesperson added, I would like to send my deep regret to the complainant and be to assure her that this is not something that we at SBS Transit condone. PR consultant Lowe, who has become well-known in the media in Singapore since publishing her autobiography on Leonard to Leona, said, This is not about punishing the driver, Captain. I feel no hate or rancor towards him. My message is meant for individuals struggling with gender identity and sexual orientation issues. Stand up to bullies. Here, here. Letters from you, the listener. And here I've got one from Kim asking what the screening process is like for new fetish clients. Huh. Well, I can tell you, um, had I had this letter earlier, I probably would have included this in the show previous to this one. But uh, my screening process for new fetish clients happens to be what I call 20 questions. Generally, when I've got someone on the phone after going through the process of asking them if they're looking for what they're looking for and make it very clear that I am post-operative transsexual and that's what I am and hope that they have read the advertisements that are out there, they generally, with the okay, uh, we go on further. If they're not, then generally what happens is they will hang up and I say a pleasant goodbye. But for those who are actually going to go further, I like to find out what their interests are. If they do have an email, I will send them a document that I've already written up. And uh, it talks about all these different things that are going on in my life and what I'm providing as a service provider. Not only if they are really cool with that and they like that whole idea and then we go on from there. What I will do is set up a time and make sure that they are agreeant in regards to my donation requirement, our tribute, as we are now calling it, or we do call it, um, and then set it up from there. Another thing that I also like, too, is a security deposit. Now, what the security deposit does for me is makes me aware that they are serious about attending to my needs and coming to me for my services, and also, most importantly, appreciation of my craft. And I do consider it to be a craft for the simple reason being that I have studied, I have learned, I have indulged, and I have taken the time and the compassion to learn about what clients are all about, what their specific needs are, how far they can go and how far they can't go. And uh, generally that's something I get out of my clients as well by playing my game of 20 questions on the phone. And once you get into doing this, and I'm not suggesting that this is something that you need to do, but if this is the route that you're going to, the route, route, whatever road you're going to go down and indulge in, then you need to develop a good rapport on the phone. You need to understand that you need to talk Quick, concise, and have it down pat each and every time you talk with a client. The more wishy-washy you sound, the more chances that you may open up your doors to someone who's coming through your doors who could maybe not trust you, not believe in you, and not believe that you are actually serious about what it is you're providing. Listening to Transistor with your host, Velvet Steele.